This is Quirky HR, where we break down everything human resources, compliance, and all things employees, while infusing a little bit of foul language and a whole lot of humor. I'm your host, Dana Dowdell, and let's talk HR. Hey there, it's Dana with Quirky HR, and we are back with probably the funnest part of having this podcast. We are with another What the fuck episode guest. So we're going to dissect a wild, crazy HR situation. We're going to break it down piece by piece. We're going to talk about what happened, how it was handled, how the the guests responded, what they would do differently, and uh, we'll be looking at it from the wild and crazy funny lens that exists in HR. So I'm very happy to welcome Kathy Knipp, and she's going to talk to us about a dental office with some stuffed animals. So Kathy, welcome. All right. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) All right. So you were working for a dental office. Were you in an HR role? Yes, I was actually the head of HR for this organization. How many did, were there a lot of like doc dentists? Was it a large company? It was a, a, a mid-sized, quick growing. Uh, I was there for almost eight years. And during the period of time I was there, it went from 49 offices in four states and 450 employees to 12 states, 120 offices and 1,200 employees. And so it, it, it took off pretty well and it was, it was a lot of fun, um, but challenging at the same time. Yeah. I find that the smartest people are the most challenging from an HR perspective, like scientists, tech, doctors. I don't know if you had that experience. Oh, they are definitely a breed all of their own when it comes to the dentist. That's for sure. Yeah, they're definitely unique. And so it sounds like you had a hilariously unique situation come up in one of the offices. So why don't you start with kind of what happened, how it came to be, and we'll go from there. Well, what's interesting is that in all of the different industries that I've worked in, when it came to sexual harassment situations, Honestly, it was the dentists and the dental offices that I had the biggest problem with. Um, again, it's just their, their quirky uh, personality uh, made for some interesting times. And this one time in particular, I remember receiving a complaint, uh, I believe it was via email, from a dental assistant in one of the offices who was deeply offended because one of her coworkers, another, another dental assistant, and the dentist were probably having some sort of romantic relationship anyways, but they decided to have a little fun after hours in the dental office and decided to take the stuffed animals from the kids' playing area in the waiting room of the dental office and go ahead and portray different sexual positions with said uh stuffed animals and then whether I never did find out if it was done on purpose or just dumb luck but decided to leave them in the different sexual positions in the waiting room for patients to find them the next morning and the employees from them were not amused at all and then contacted me but it was definitely one of those 
All right. So let's break this down. So, um, you have this employee contact you, were you ever on site in, in terms of like an HR role? Like, were you going to the different locations or were you strictly in a home office? I was, when there were issues like this, I would travel out to the different dental offices in order to do my on-site interviews um, face-to-face just to get more information. And I always did that because it was, you gain a lot more information when you're there in person from body language and, you know, vocal tones and, and how all of that goes down. And so this employee, well, let me take a step back. The company, did they have a formal reporting, like confidential employee reporting hotline, or was that just their, their procedure where they would go directly to HR if there was an issue? At that time, it was just going straight to HR if there was an issue. Okay. And so you get this email from the employee. Did they send pictures? Did they like, was it just, Hey, this happened, deal with it. Or what were they looking for in terms of a, a an action or a response? Well, that actually makes things a little bit more interesting, I think, because they didn't send pictures because they were so disgusted when they found these the next morning. And kids were starting to come in, so they wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't anything there for the kids to see. But to be honest with you, they wanted, at the end of the day, they wanted the, to bust both the employee and the dentist because they felt jilted by that they were the third wheel in this somewhat romantic relationship. They weren't getting the attention that they wanted. And so they thought that, you know, they knew this was going on and wanted to bring some attention um, to the situation in order to kind of get a little bit of a light shine on them as well. Sticking it to the doctor, it sounds like. (laughs) Um, Okay, so how did you respond? What was the first step that you took? So I, I reached out um, at that time. We always reach out to the regional managers just to give them a heads up of, hey, this is what the complaint is. Have you heard anything you know, happening with this particular doctor or um, from this office before? And then it's reaching out to get um, you know an actual statement then from the uh, reporting employee, which I did. And then it was, I did go on site for that and then got all my information and then sat down with both the, the dental, the other dental assistant and the doctor to get their sides of the story. And they honestly, they were oblivious to what was going on. They didn't think that they did anything wrong. And so they were uh, honestly pissed off that they got reported um, by another employee and so um, it, it was a it was an interesting situation because they were not happy that they were getting busted. Yeah. So that that initial reporting employee, like, do you know what gave her the the idea that it was this dentist and his dental assistant that did that? Oh, they they saw them. It's not. It wasn't the first time that they have done this. Ah. And they, um, she's she had seen them do it before. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so you said they were oblivious, like they totally just didn't see the problem with it? Correct. And here's the thing also then from a reprimand standpoint is that then from there, I worked with the the regional manager to present a write-up 
uh, to the, the other dental assistant um, who was involved. But then the doctors, the dentists, reported directly to the dental directors, and they are definitely held to a lot of different standards. And so at that time, they were so afraid of this dentist leaving um, that nothing was done <sighs> a reprimand standpoint with this doctor. So, so oh my God. <laughs> okay, so you have this dental assistant who's getting reprimanded for it. Did you guys have an existing policy about fraternization or, you know, relationships? Like, was it a no-no for a dentist to be dating his dental assistant or... Oh, absolutely. Um, from so many different standpoints, you know, as we know in HR from sexual harassment and, and all of that, it was definitely a well-known um, policy that you just don't do this, but sometimes they really didn't care. Yeah. How, I'm really curious how that made you feel as the HR professional and the person that is, you know, trying to build some bring some accountability to this situation to have the doctor not be addressed or reprimanded around it. Oh, it's definitely frustrating because here's the deal. Part of my role as the head of HR was to, to keep the company in compliance and out of the court system. And by, as we know, by having different standards for, in essence, a supervisor type of role and an employee having different standards, different, uh, you know, all of that and for the dental assistant to be reprimanded and the doctor not. I mean, that's gonna, that creates so much risk and liability that it, it's frustrating because then, you know, if it does go into the court system, it makes my job more difficult. Yeah. Because I'm to all of that. And so it's frustrating that they, but um, higher ups and the dental director didn't always take the advice that I was giving them from an educated standpoint. Um, but again, at that point, it was so hard to keep doctors in any dental organization that they just they wanted to, to tiptoe around the situation, just not to piss that doctor off. So I've seen this come up a couple of times in some groups that I'm part of, like HR groups that I'm part of, you know, when you have that situation around, I gave advice and I know it was the best advice and the best course of action that, it, you know, whether it was just a simple note to his file or a suspension or whatever, like there needed to be some documentation of the action or some type of documentation of a repercussion. And you've made that recommendation and it's not followed. Like, did you make sure that you sent an email just as kind of like a CYA for yourself? Absolutely. That was that's one thing that I've learned over the years is that you can give the best advice possible. It's not always going to be followed or accepted, but you definitely need to, to have that documentation because I can't tell you how many times I've done that. They haven't taken the advice, then all of a sudden we're getting in trouble. And they're like, oh my God, you never told me. Mm. Well, actually, yes, yes, I did. Here's the date. Here's the email. Here's all the information. So don't even go there. So looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? Is there anything that you wish you had known before you started to investigate? Like self-reflection mode on. 
Is there anything different you would have done? You know what? Honestly, the only thing I wish I would have actually gotten pictures because I was curious to see. (laughs) (laughs) No, from a professional and compliance standpoint, it was a pretty cookie cutter situation. Uh, We went in, uh, did the investigation, provided uh, the recommendation. And at the end of the day, part of it was accepted, part of it wasn't. You document, move on to the, the next situation. Did their relationship continue? No, I believe at um, another point, not long after that, um, the dental assistant ended up transferring to a different office. Ah, so but, it kind of resolved itself. Yes, from a personal standpoint, not because she felt pushed out, but it did end up just resolving itself. Yeah, which is, like, I guess, a good thing. The doctor did end up leaving at some point anyway. So, um, but yeah, it did just simply resolve itself at the end of the day. I feel like it's funny, you know, you don't, I write a lot of handbooks and I'm sure, you know, in your business too, you write a lot of handbooks and I get, I get clients sometimes who are like, well, what about this situation? And what about this situation? And do, should we have a policy that addresses this situation? And I feel like it's so hard to write a policy for every dang situation that you can encounter in HR, you know, nowhere in your purview or do you have like had to think about, I'm going to put in my handbook that people can't, um, can't pose the stuffed animals in inappropriate positions. Well, no, absolutely. Because if you have a policy for every little thing that comes up, well, first of all, you're going to continuously be changing it just about every day because new things pop up, but that thing is going to be hundreds of pages long. And then, you know, that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. And I think that that cons- and again, it com- comes back to micromanaging. Like, do you actually need to micromanage every single situation or do you focus on making sure that you have the right people who understand their professional obligation and the professional expectation around your company? I'm sure there's some dental offices where that's, you know, fine. Right. You, right? That's exactly it because you hire people for their their values and you if as long as they're living to their values, you shouldn't have to have a policy for every little thing. It's like just be smart, work smart, use your head, don't be dumb. Yeah. And then if someone's not a good fit, they're not a good fit and you can move on from them or vice, you know, ask them to move on from you. Exactly. Yeah. Well this is a good one. I am gonna think about this one every time I go to my dental office. (laughs) But I definitely feel your pain in terms of the, you know, highly educated uh, revenue wheel turning professionals and sometimes a lack of accountability that goes along with it. So exactly. I feel like the more highly educated the person is, and I shouldn't say this, it's not a blanket statement, but more times than that, the more highly educated they are, the less common sense they actually have. Yep. Yep. I hear you on that one. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story and for breaking it down with me. Where can anyone find you if they wanted to connect with you? Oh, absolutely. So again, uh, I'm Kathy Kniff. I'm the founder of Kniff Consulting, uh, the HR solutions for small business consulting company. And I can be found on my website, knipconsulting.com, on LinkedIn, as well as Facebook. 
Awesome. Kathy, thank you so much. That was the best. And uh, hopefully you're on to more normal conversations uh, in consulting. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up another episode of Quirky HR. Um, We are so lucky to have so many awesome HR professionals that are willing to connect with us. So if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to give us a like, follow, um, and leave a review on the podcast. And we will catch you on the next episode of Quirky HR.